He was probably the most manipulative dog <laughs> I've ever heard of or known. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Under the Arc Podcast, Episode 1. We are super excited to be bringing this episode to you this week from the Alamo Retriever Club. I'm your host, Zach Buff, and I'm here with Allie. Hi. <laughs> and our guest this week is my good buddy and club president, Mr. Chris Ray. Now, Chris and I have known each other for a number of years. He is a, a great retriever trainer. Uh, he's 100% amateur, which we'll get into that later. Um, all of his dogs have had major accomplishments, and he has had a lot of success in the field, whether it be in hunt tests or APLA work or just out at the hunt club doing whatever it is that they're doing. He's a great trainer. He has got a mind for the game. You know, Chris is one of those kind of guys that when he shows up to a training day, he's usually the first guy there. He's setting up. He's getting things ready. He's looking at it for everybody. And a lot of times once we get there and we get ready to train, we're looking at the setup kind of going, oh, my goodness. You know, we're, we're looking at at big setups and we have a lot of fun with it. So with that being said, Chris, you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, man, we appreciate you being on with us. And how's it going? It's good. I'm glad to be here. Well, so just take us through um, just Alamo Retriever Club. You know, you're the cl club president. When I first joined the club, you were the president. And that's been, oh, 12 years ago or so and uh you were the president then and and one good thing is i guess we don't have term limits <laughs> so but uh but yeah man so you know you you've been a real in my opinion a real asset to the club you know i, I believe that we're lucky to have you so um you know just take us through kind of the background of the alamo retriever club you know and how you came to be in it well i joined the club uh at the time uh it's about 2009 I just bought a puppy as the first dog I ever paid for. And, uh, you know, I, to be a hunting dog and I wanted to have the, the best hunting dog I could. Uh, one of the bits of advice, uh, basically the, the main thing that the breeder gave me as a tip, uh, since I told him I was going to be training it myself, uh, the tip he gave me was to join a retriever club. So there's one here in San Antonio where we live. And so I joined it and, uh, he told me that, you know, that dog had a lot of potential and the club, uh, members would, would see that potential and help me realize that potential. And, uh, I guess truer words have never been spoken. So <laughs> the rest is history. Exactly. Yeah. It, so was that hydro? That was hydro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess I met you. Addie was not quite a year old when we met. So I would have been right a little over, I guess just a little bit past 21 years old. And um, so Chris had this big yellow dog named Hydro. And I had a little chocolate lab pup at the time. Her name was Addie. And when I met Chris was just at a training day. And I remember seeing him out there with this big, tall, muscular dog and just watching the precision that these, these guys were running blinds and these marks. And I remember looking down at Addie he was like laying down, looking up at me, just almost feeling kind of envious. But Chris and I started training together. And man, I've learned so much from you, buddy. Like you, you have a way of breaking things, things down for me, um, you know, and, uh, you know, you've just been a really, really big help and a great mentor for me um, and a lot of other folks, you know. 
But um, as far as the Arnold Retriever Club, you know, I, I guess the primary breed that we see is going to be Labradors. Yeah, 90, probably 85, 90% of the, the dogs in the club are Labs. But we do have you know, members with Goldens. We have members with Tollers. We have members with Poodles. Yeah. Uh, St. Boykins, um, English I love watching Spaniels. the poodles. You what? I love watching the poodles. All oh, the fancy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they they definitely have a personality that's all to themselves. <laughs> they do. Sure. Well, and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they were originally designed to be a gun dog. Yes. Not a fancy show dog like most people. One of the earliest. Them. One of the earliest retriever breeds, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably so. So yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. If if you've got a dog that you know you want to retrieve, you know, birds for you, um, that's kind of the bulk of what we do is is uh, kind of help each other, train our own dogs um, to to retrieve. Um, that's that's kind of what we do. Yeah, and we have a lot of fun doing it. You know, we we like to joke. Um, one thing about the Alamo Retriever Club, there's there's never a shortage of BS flowing. There's never a shortage of fun to be had. There's never a shortage of good food, and there's seldom a shortage of good whiskey. Um, so we like to joke that we're a whiskey club with a dog problem. And um, you know we're going to have some guests on in, in future episodes that are that are going to really be able to drive that point home. I'm sitting here right now drinking um, Hirsch Horizon, which is one of my favorites. Another club member actually introduced us to this. Do you remember uh, when Lloyd broke out that bottle of Hirsch at the uh, AKC test that time, Chris? Yeah, um, yeah, I think that was when uh, he got. The title with Chopper. That was Chopper's title. Yep. And that yeah. was after the last dog. Yeah, yes, it, it was. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was well past Beer Dog. We we were good. We were legal. And and it was probably after the trailer was closed up and all the all of the stuff from the end of the hunt test was yes. was locked up in the trailer. So yes, before any of you appropriate time exactly before <laughs> any of you judges start to wonder what we've been up to, we were the test was done. And we were packed, and I don't even think judges were still there when we started on that bottle. But probably not. Yeah. But it's a it's a really good it's a smooth rye whiskey. Um, it's it's um, comes out of uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. It's aged for five years. It's uh, it's really good. So if you've not, if y'all never tried it, go and find you a bottle. Again, it's called Hirsch H I R S C H. Uh, you will not be disappointed in it. Uh, but anywho, uh, I can go down the the whiskey rabbit hole a long ways if I'm not careful. But um, well, Chris, kind of break down for us your background. You know, you I know you're. Uh, Missouri, yeah. And uh, did you have dogs growing up? I mean, did you? So uh, I grew up on a farm, uh, pretty rural areas in northern Missouri, and um, yeah, we always had a dog around. Um, you know, growing up on a farm, yeah, they were they were all just farm dogs. Most all of them were um, strays that just showed up. Um, so. So yeah, there was there was I don't know, always a dog around. We did have uh, a couple of coon hounds at times, um, but no no labs or or anything like that. It's you know uh, growing up. I got gotcha. you. What made you decide you wanted a retriever? So uh, moved down to San Antonio, and then uh, my wife um, she graduated from vet school, moved down here with me, and. Uh, I knew we would be getting a dog pretty soon because she grew up with a, an English uh, spaniel, um, 
or Springer Spaniel. Grew up with Springer Spaniel. And I knew we'd be getting a dog soon. Um, but she actually uh, was uh, very deliberate about, you know, which one she picked up. And, and basically, uh, somebody had found a chocolate lab in the neighborhood where a clinic was, brought it in. Um, and they had it for about a week. And it was a real nice dog. And nobody came to, to pick it up. Nobody came and asked about it. So she asked if we could bring it home. I was like, oh, okay. And <laughs> yeah, he turned into a really, really nice dog. Um, I was really into uh, competitive shotgun shooting at the time mm -hmm. and uh, had met some people that dove hunted. Uh, so once he got, he was about six months old and it was November when we found him. So that next fall uh, dove season came around. He was old enough. Um, yeah, we started dove hunting and, and, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, the you know, sparks ignited. Yeah. Match made in heaven. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, once you're bit, you know, our, our good buddy, uh, Randy McBrayer, he's got a song that he released. It's called feather fetching fools. And one of the lines is there. One of the lines in that song is once they get in your souls, I'll never let you go. True words have never been spoken, in my opinion. You know, once you get into the games, into the retriever games or the gun dog games, in my opinion, you know, you just, it's a rabbit hole you cannot crawl your way back out of. You know, you're in it, you're in it. And, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But um, now you're not talking about Hydro. Is this a different dog? Yeah, that was Bernoulli. And uh, we had him for about two and a half years. And then um, on a quail hunting trip, there's opening weekend of quail season. He got bit by a rattlesnake. Mm -hmm. Oh no! From that, so um, South Texas, yeah, uh, down down at uh, the Chaparral Wildlife Management Area. Man, it's I kind of it's crazy you say that because one of the best English pointers that I have ever been around and we've ever owned. Same deal, man. We bumped five or six cubbies, and uh, it just in the morning. It was one of those years that the the birds were doing very well down there, and uh, Man, they were they were on, and we had a great morning. We went in, broke for lunch, and then went back out. And about two hours into the afternoon hunt, Colt had, um, you know, he was scent checking and flagging, and he went through this gap in the brush. And next thing, our younger pointer was just barking. I mean, she was bait up. And when I got up there, there was about a six and a half footer staring her in the face. And um, we uh, we had words, and I won. And um, when we found Colt, we realized that he'd been bit and, um, you know, rest is history, you know, so it's chaparral, you know, it's, it's a, that's hazards of South Texas, man. It's just, it, they're, they're down there, you know, it, it's always in the back of your mind, but you don't ever expect it, but man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So a, go ahead. Are you a big believer in the rattlesnake vaccine now? Yeah. And he had the vaccine as well, um, which is probably his symptoms were a little bit delayed, but mm -hmm. it was a full envenomation by yeah. a large adult snake. Yeah. Um, well, it, it also really matters where they get bit too, right? Yeah. And it was pretty high up on his shoulder. Uh, yep. It wasn't like in a, in his you know face or feet or anything like that. Yeah. It, was, it was high up in the shoulder. Um, it was not a defensive bite, bite at all. It was kind of an ambush. Yeah. It right in front of me. Yeah. Um, it was kind of, I was walking down a, 
uh, you know, a game trail. Um, I was going to be walking on the game trail and he came, you know, quartering from the left side, got right onto the game trail and headed straight down it. And the snake was, was off on the right side of, of it, um, which would have been on the, the, uh, downwind side of that trail. Mm. And, um, yeah, it, it just, it came out and, and struck, just struck him in the side. Yeah. Wow. It came by. So it's exactly how it went down with Colt, man. It just, ah, yeah. Like again, you know, sorry. It's been a long time ago, but we're, we're both real sorry to hear that. So after that, you know, I kind of knew it's like, well, that was what we had was, was pretty special. You know, the, the hunting and, uh, you know, retrieving and stuff like that. That was, that was pretty special. Um, it was going to be really hard to replace. So, uh, but I knew I needed to to basically get back up on the horse pretty quick, and so um, that happened in October, and um, in January Hydra was born, and and I picked him up uh, into February. So yeah. I did a lot of research, um, you know, as quick as I could, as fast as I could, uh, to try to find the litter that that I wanted, and and I ended up picking a, a really good one. Yes. 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 Enter the big spoon and we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Hydro, me, me and Hydro have a, you know, had a little bit of a history there. It wasn't my dog, but we, uh, huh? Is it a personal? Oh yeah. Me, me and Hydro, uh, he, uh, he made it personal. It, it was definitely, it was definitely, I hear you laughing, Chris. It was definitely a long night, but, uh, <laughs> don't but, act yeah. like you we'll, we'll get to that later on. But, uh, so anyway, so when you, you, you get hydro and, you know, you start going through the processes, uh, you know, your, your puppy introductions and, you know, before you know it, you're at six months and you're going into obedience and then, you know, you're, you're going to condition retrieve and, and so forth. What did that look like for you? Like your, your programs, maybe that you followed, you know, did you mix and match? Was there, was there a certain program? Like yeah, I so it, it would look like Swiss cheese, you know. <laughs> it had a bunch of holes in it. Um, yeah, I I did not have you know the resources. You know, I didn't join the club with him until that fall, um, and we were already picking up birds hunting. So I thought, you know, hey, I already kind of got this down, you know, pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was looking back on it, it was not ideal, but. We were both learning and, yeah. and um, with mindfulness, we got through it. Yeah. And his stubbornness and determination <laughs> and prey drive and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Would you say he was independent? I'd say he was pretty. Yeah. Independent. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, but uh, you know, he, um, he, he was just, a team, he was a team player as long as he was the captain. That's exactly. <laughs> yes. That's the, best description i've ever heard but yeah and he was a really talented dog you know he just he was just hydro i mean you know chris is talking about how it, it looked like swiss cheese you know and there's gaps in it but this is a dog this is a dog handler team i'll put it that way this is a team that you know hydro was a four-time grandmaster pointing retriever in the apla he was a hunting retriever champion in the hrc and he was a master hunter in the akc and I know and fully amateur trained and fully amateur trained. Now what that means, thank you, babe, for bringing that up. What that means 
because I've had this conversation with people, you know, say, oh yeah, you know, he's an amateur trained and people that don't understand or don't know what that means. It's not an insult. All that it means, the difference between an amateur trainer, and a professional trainer, an amateur does not get paid to train dog. A professional gets paid to train the dogs. That's it. An amateur trained dog is more impressive than a pro trained dog. I, and my, yeah, I agree. And you know, not to, not to, step on any toes or anything like that. You know, I've got a, you know, a lot of pros who were, who are great friends. I'm a former pro, you know, Allie's still a pro trainer, uh, but she's right. An amateur trained dog like hydro. It's just, you'll, you look at it, you look at those accomplishments. You're like, man, like they put in the work without the facilities and so forth and so on. You know, Chris and I used to train at a soccer field, you know, we just find, anywhere we can to go out and do drills or throw marks, you know, walk in singles, just something to get out and stimulate the dogs, something to work on. You know, when you go out and train, train with a purpose, don't just go and toss bumpers, you know, work on something that day. And that's one thing about, you know, you, Chris, you know, there was always a purpose when we would go out to that soccer field, you had a plan and we executed that. You and I executed the plan. Sometimes the dogs did it to the best of their abilities, but you know, they coordinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was always a good time, you know. But yeah, and um, tell us a question. What's that? Was Hydro from a line that did like dual purpose upland and waterfowl, or was that something that you were more interested in and kind of gotten into? Well, so. I guess, you know, when I was doing my research looking for a puppy, um, you know, and I got a lot of bad advice. And I got some good advice. But one of the things I'd heard was that the field trial dogs are bred for their their sight more than their nose. Mm-hmm. Their ability to mark is paramount. Um, their ability to smell is just kind of, it's there, you know. Yeah, it, it's either there, or it's not. But as long as I can see good and and it's mark, kind of their secondary. Yeah. So in in my hunting with Bernoulli, um, I kind of felt like you know the the ability to smell is what was really going to help us find the birds at the end of the day. And so when we saw the I found the pointing labs. I was like, well, they're, you know, I got to reading about it. It's like, well, they are selectively bred over generations for their ability to smell for their their nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's where I want to go. And then, you know, uh, talk to who's about the closest guy to Texas. And he, he technically was in Oklahoma. Um, and was about the only pointing lab breeder, uh, I could find at the time and talk to him and, and he was definitely a, a, you know, hunter, uh, definitely, a, uh, you know, a dog guy, um, and definitely clicked with him. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I, this, yeah, he's got the type of dogs I want. So, um, so his, his mom was a four-time grandmaster pointing retriever. Um, his, Dad was a three and a half time grandmaster pointing retriever. Um, and then back behind him, we're, we're all pointing labs for the most part. And then a little bit further back was, was the field trial lines. Gotcha. Well, and I mentioned, uh, that hydro was a four-time grandmaster pointing retriever through the APLA for, for the listeners that don't know what that is or aren't familiar with it. 
because you you know you, one of your favorite things to do is to load up and go up to the Dakotas and pheasant, you know, and um, you know as, as well as duck and dove. But it seems like you try to make a pheasant trip at least once a year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, try to. Yeah, you know, yep. so so all of your dogs are pointing labs. Yeah, and back when I had hydro, it, it I tried to make it at least twice a year. Yeah, um, he he was the type of dog that yeah would make you want to go hunt. Yeah. Break down for us, you know, the, the APLA and what that is and, and, and what that looks like. Okay. Well, it, like most, all of the, the hunt test organizations, there's three different levels to their, their, their testing. You know, they've got, um, the, the certified level is at the beginning. Uh, they've got an advanced and then they've got the master, um, at the, the master level, you essentially have to pass kind of the equivalent of a AKC senior test. Um, it can be a little bit more uh, technically challenging than an AKC senior test. Whereas, uh, and by that, I mean, they can have a blind in between the marks in an APLA master test. It's just a double, um, but you've got to do a, a land series and a water series, you know, with, you know, land double, water double, land blind, water blind. Um, they'll have a diversion bird. But you've got to, to basically pass the, the retrieving portion of the test that day. And then if you pass that much, then you go into the upland field. Okay. And in the upland field, it, which is the third series of the day, they'll put... Uh, for uh, now, uh, it's all chucker. When I started, it was pheasant and chucker, uh, kind of a mixed bag. Uh, but now it's all chucker. Um, they'll put out four chucker in the field. Uh, it could be up to 20 acres, and you could have, well, you will have up to 20 minutes to, to find your birds. But you basically kick the dog off like you're, like you're going to be upland hunting. Right. But they need to show that they've got the, the desire to hunt they've they're they're going to be you know they they really want to see the dog kind of searching independently um when the dog finds the bird that dog has to go on point on its own uh and then once the dog goes on point and the judges start counting then you can say well if, if the dog needs to be studied right so then uh after the judges get 10 second count uh, and the dog has to be, they cannot move their feet during that 10 seconds. You know, if they take another step forward. Seconds. No foot movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they take another step forward, well, then it, it starts over back at, you know, at zero again. And, oh, wow. and if you get the eight seconds and then they take another step forward, well, you know, it starts over again. And usually it's kind of, unless you got a dog that's well broken and will listen to the word, whoa, um, it, the wheels usually start coming off at that point. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, that's, what's really exhilarating about it is because that bird is, or that dog is engaged with a bird, a live bird, you know, and it, it could be because we're using pen race birds and the dogs know it. And you have to train with pen race birds to get them used to, they can be right up on it. Um, you know, it can, and, and the dog could come in from the, the, upwind side of it and all of a sudden be right over the top of it before they smell it and if the bird holds and the dog holds well that's a point and it could be right underneath them right um so for a dog to to be on point and 
and and not willfully grab it that's that's pretty exhilarating it's a big um, deal so so that you know so dog goes on point they can't willfully catch the bird um they can't willfully flush the bird uh when the bird is produced um they have to be steady to wing and shot so you're basically getting four live flyers within 20 30 yards at the end of the test and they've got to be steady through all that so that's that's exhilarating in the retriever world, I'd say we'd call that like a cold honor, right? Yeah, I suppose. Kind of the um, kind of the equivalent to that. Lots I suppose of for sure. Yeah, it 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 it's it's uh, well, and and I think it for the dogs. I think they kind of understand the the it's the give the keys, take the keys. You know who's driving when. You know you give them the keys, they drive out in the field, they find the birds. Then, you know, they go on point. Then you take the keys back. You, you walk right up to them. You know, you've got the keys. You, they flush the bird. They shoot it. Then you give them the keys right at the end to go get the bird. Right. So it's, it's cooperation and teamwork. Yeah. And this this uh, this red puppy, Chica, that I've got coming up, uh, going through her paces right now, it's definitely something that I want to pursue with her. So, you know, I'm going to have to get down there and, and sp- spend some time with you and It'll be like the old days because I'm I'm borderline clueless, you know, as far as that goes. <laughs> it's just to start going through to see what we can see what we can accomplish, man. Hey, a lot of, you know. So I've got a puppy right now, Jetty. Yeah. She'll be my fourth dog, and yeah. she makes me feel like I'm clueless sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and 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 they all have, yeah, they all have, and I, it's just you know, so you know. Well, that's kind of the fun of it because if they were all the same, then it would get boring. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely all keeping me on my toes. Well, you know, I could sit and talk about hydro all day long, but I mean, I can't count out. I cannot count out my boy Bowie. You know that that dog, his personality. He was so sweet. You know, just everything about that guy. You know, um, you know hydro was. Mr. Independent, and you know, he would kind of creep, not kind of, he would creep out in front of you at a test, and you know, he wanted to be the captain of the team no matter what. And Bowie, I may be speaking out of turn by saying this, but when I would watch Bowie run, in my opinion, you know, he's that dog that he may be screwing up, but he's screwing up going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. His his heart, his heart was the size of Texas, y'all. Like he had no quit in him. I, I adore that dog. He was, he was awesome, man. Yeah, I he he was the dog I didn't deserve. He was just because he would do anything for me. Yes, yeah, he was all about you, hundred percent, and you could see it from the time you got him off the truck. And when you would turn Bowie out, he'd come and he's just like, "What do you got for me today, Dad? Let's do it. Let's let's go to work. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's tennis balls. I don't care if it's geese. Let's go to work." And and he was all about you, and you could see it in his eyes every time you cut him loose. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember one time at an AKC test, I was in the flyer station, and um, I you know I knew Boo was up, and I'm kind of watching. You know, we're supposed to stay hidden. You know, you don't want to interfere with the with the dog while they're in the field. But y'all are running the blind, and I hear whistle, cast. Oh yeah. Whistle, cast, whistle, cast, whistle, whistle whistle 
get in here. I was just like, uh Oh, but yeah. Billy got in trouble, but he was just like, okay, here I come. You know, he was yeah. just all about you, man. It was a lot of fun to watch you guys, watch you guys work together. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I think that was the first senior test that senior failed. Yep. And, and that actually kind of started something that we really didn't diagnose until he was seven years old. Um, and he was about two, I think at that point in time. And when he turned seven, we, and he was like that the whole time. I mean, he, he would just give 110% effort, you know, from the time you released him to go get that first mark till, till he was done. He would give every bit of it. The issue would be that, you know, he'd go pick up three marks and then you got to run a blind and you, you'd get a, a good initial line out of him you, you, or you know, he'd be looking right, you know, orientation attitude would be right. You'd kick him off and, and you'd get 40 yards out of him straight. And then some factor would kind of throw him off. And, and it didn't matter what you did at that point. You, you blow whistle, he'd sit. Didn't matter what cash you gave him. It was going to be straight back the direction he was deciding he was supposed to go. Um, and I, just and he'd do it a little bit in training, not so much. I mean, you correct him with the collar in training, and and it'd be fine. But in a test, he just gets so worked up that it didn't matter. He turned seven years old, and we um, did a senior blood work panel and found out that he, his thyroid was basically in the basement. Mm. I get not even like zero point one or nothing mm. on the, on the scale, like really really low. So we got a thyroid, you know, started giving us the thyroid pills, which is really simple, really, really inexpensive. Um, got a thyroid back up almost where it needed to be. Um, we were having to give him a really high dose too. And, you know, I was still training with him, but I'd, I'd kind of already said at that point, it's like, I, you know, I love you, buddy, but I'm not going <laughs> to spend any more money on entry fees. Right. You know, if this is going to be the result, we'll still, we'll still train, we'll still hunt, you know, but, I'm not going to do any more competitions. And we got that thyroid, you know, fixed. And, you know, I'm trying to, it's like, he's a, he's a different dog. Yeah. Wow. And so, so yeah, we, we kind of went back at it and uh, we finished this master, uh, AKC master. Um, I think we finished this HRC, uh, HRC H2 after yep. that. And we finished this four time GMPR after yep. that. Wow. So, so again, yeah, go ahead, Chris. We finished it all, um, and it took until he's nine years old. But uh, yeah, we got we got all that finished in the last two years. But again, you know that's that's what I'm saying. Same as Hydro, four time Grandmaster Point Retriever, hunting retriever champion, Master Hunter, 100 percent amateur trained, and um, Hydro and Bowie. I don't I don't know about Bowie, but um, you and Hydro. I guess y'all qualified for the master national, didn't you? Like y'all had no. the, y'all never did. No, no, we, okay. No, uh, he, I never did run as many tests with him, you know, gotcha. because he was such an independent dog. I could not <laughs> run him. I could not run him two weekends in a row. Just come apart. I mean, if I did run him two weekends in a row, the third weekend, he was gonna, he had me mm. and that he was gonna show it. Um, yeah, but, uh, so, so I, I'd only run like, you know, one or two tests in the spring, one or two tests in the fall. Um, 
and uh and that's how we slowly got our all our you know points and stuff like that so no he never did qualify i got for for any national event um Bowie qualified for master amateur in 2023 this spring and he qualified for the triple crown in apla that was uh in september of this year but he he did all that the fall of last year and um and then we found out he had cancer, mm-hmm. uh, lung cancer, and it spread to the spleen. And so um, we had to put him down at Thanksgiving last year. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. He, he talked about heart. You know, he he had that tumor, and it was it was quite large. Um, and he ran uh, an AKC master test, uh, I think, two weeks before he found out he had that tumor. And he passed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, he also had a, he had scratched his cornea earlier in the year, really, really bad. And he's still, I mean, going all out. And, uh, you know, we ran that test. He only saw, I think, four of the nine marks in that whole test. Wow. But he still passed because he trusted me. Um, you know, and he could kind of pick up on, like, okay, hold him blind there. He's pushing me to the left side of the holding blind. All right, I'll go to the left side of the holding blind. I'll find it there. Um, so he didn't necessarily have to see it hit the ground. He just needed to trust me. So Talk about teamwork. I was fixing to say, y'all, for, for those of y'all that don't realize what he's describing, what he's describing is absolute trust and in, in teamwork. That is a, a dog and handler team at its finest, in my opinion. And when you have a dog that trusts you that much, you've got something. You've absolutely got something, and that and that speaks uh, that speaks volumes to Chris as a as a trainer and a handler, and it speaks volumes to Bowie as a dog. You know, again, I mentioned that he has a heart that he had a heart the size of Texas, and then some. And and Chris's consistency—that's what dog training is—is is consistency. And and um, you know, just to go out there and, and pull that off, you know, whether he was going just based off of where Chris was pushing or pulling or he was hearing the thump of the bird or whatever the case may be, he went out there and and saw maybe four of the nine marks and pulled it off. Well, and I think that's about relationship too. Absolutely. Consistency and relationship. Because when the dog knows that you're honest and you're fair and you're going to show up for them, they're going to show up for you too. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, he definitely showed up for me every time. He was awesome. Yeah. Well, are we going to talk about River? I was thinking <laughs> to say, <laughs> what about River, oh, man? Yeah. River out. The 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 Jack Russell Labrador. Oh my! Don't I was make fun of my girl. Oh, it was not her ears. When yeah, the ears. When, that's where it the, starts. The, well, yeah, but when she was a puppy, well, I I don't know what. It's just her markings. It's the coloration and yellow. Now, okay, all of these dogs, Hydro Bowie, River, and Jetty, are all yellow. Yeah, River when she was a puppy what I call their angel wings, which is right there kind of at the, at the tops of the scapulas, huh? Yeah. There's scapula, shoulder blade, same thing at their shoulder blades running down, (laughs) running down the rib cage. And a lot of yellows, you'll see it lighten up right there. So for some reason I started calling them angel wings a long time ago. Don't ask me, don't judge me, but, um, rivers of Fox red. And though that area of her marking was very, very light. And to look at her, you're just like, and, and she's got these funny little sideways pointed ears. And 
that the the coloration i was like she's a jack russell but uh you know she but she oh my god talk to tell us about river man like she's i think she has already accomplished yeah uh yep. all of the same titles yeah uh as a three-year-old she yep. was a four-time grandmaster pointing retriever uh hunting retriever champion and a master hunter at three yeah. years old. At three years That's old. Super impressive. Yes. She, uh, I think the average age of a master hunter is around four, four and a half, right? Yeah. Could be. Could yeah. be. Something like that. So Allie, y'all, is a master, an AKC master level judge. Um, so I, she's seen a lot of dogs, you know, come and go off the line. Um, so you said four, four and a half is about the average. I think so. Somebody yeah. did the math and I want yeah, to Yeah, probably I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. It I mean there's a lot of concepts. Um there's there's a lot of lot of technical things that a dog has to be um responsible for. Um well in these to, days it's getting more and more popular to throw in quads and <laughs> interrupted and you know just well, all these concepts that are really really complicated. Under the arc, what's up with it? <laughs> <laughs> under Chris, the arc is straight. I know, but break that down for us, Chris. Just real real fast. We'll get back to river. Under the arc, what we named the podcast after now. Obviously, ARC or ARC stands for the Alamo or Alamo Retriever Club. Yeah. But an Alamo Retriever Club. But under the arc is a term typically used in uh, retriever training to uh, identify uh, the proximity of usually a blind in relationship to a mark. So they'll throw a mark, which, you know, is a bird that the dog can see. It will come out of a holding blind. Let's say it's thrown left to right. So and it lands, say, 20 yards away from the holding blind well kind of in underneath that arc and quite a ways past it deeper of it they may put a blind and that's a pretty key relationship uh type of a blind to to put a blind underneath the arc and so the pitfall is the dog when they get close to the area of the mark of the holding blind they could either duck behind the holding blind and be out of sight and out of control or they could you know duck over and you know check out that old fall again or want to and would be out of control so that's uh under the arc is is the location of a potential blind in relationship to a mark and it's just a cool name for a podcast yeah so back to river Back to Allie's favorite little Jack Labrador. Yeah. Um, you know, at three years old, you know, she's accomplished, you know, her, her titles a lot. Yeah. Had a litter. Had a litter. Yeah. That because Jetty is is a river puppy, is she not? Yep. yep. Yeah. And um, dude, I, I'm so jealous of your dog names though, like Hydro. <laughs> Seriously, man. Water related. I, I know, but yeah. he hydros, you know, hydrodynamica. And I was like, man. That, that was his uh, his register name was Hydrodynamica. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know, call name was Hydro. And I was like, dude, that's just the coolest name ever. And then Bowie was uh, Medicine Bow's Navigational Beacon. I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, and then you got River and then, in, you know, Energetic. And I was like, I got to step up my dog naming game, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But I, I love those. But yeah, so about River, man, how does she differ um, 
and, and all dogs are different. And yeah. obviously you can't compare them. Well, and yeah. is River out of Hydro or Bowie or is she a completely new line that you brought in? Uh, so she's quite different. Um, but on her, on her dad's side, back away. So Hydra was uh, a line breeding of a dog named Grits. Uh, it was a really famous pointing lab, ran a lot of, uh, tournament hunting type things like the, uh, bird dog challenge. And, uh, you know, I think they had the great outdoor games. I think they had a, a pheasant, you know, national championship type thing. Um, so there was a dog named grits, I think did a lot of, was really, um, popular in that was really successful with that. Hydra was a line breeding of grits. Rivers dad. Oh, four, four generations back had grits, uh, grits in there as well. So that's about as close. And that's not really yeah. that close. Um, similar ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, you know, a, a pointing lab, uh, background for sure. Yep. For sure. Um, and Jetty, Jetty actually, her dad is kind of, well, had a line that came basically the same line as Bowie. So um, nice. So yeah. Kind of put was, them together. Your two yeah. best dogs. Yeah. 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 I like that. So with River, you're, you know, you're, you're three dogs in and, um, you know, a number of years into it, you know, you've, you've, you've come a long way and, and learned so much and accomplished so much at that, for, uh, for that matter. Do you feel like by the time you got to river, I don't want to say easier because each dog presents their own challenges. No. Yeah, no, it, it's, it hasn't been easier. I think the big thing is that, uh, having been in the club, I think the club has matured quite a bit. Yes. So I think there's a lot more resources now yes. for a club member that really puts in the time to, to, to achieve that kind of success. Um, you know, I think we've got, uh, more different places to train. Um, we've got several people in the club that have all trained their own dogs to the AKC master hunter level and HRC H, you know, finish level. Um, and with that, you know, I think we can all kind of bounce ideas off each other a little bit. So I think it was a little bit more the fact that I had a little bit more resources to me at the time yeah. when I was bringing her in. Also, yeah, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Some amazing dog work happened during COVID. Yeah. You know, it was it was great. Yeah. Well, I took her through transition during that. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, and, and uh, it was one of those things where, like, I didn't have, you know, I was working from home, but I wouldn't have a meeting until 930 to call in. So I'd meet another club member at a place that he had access to. He had a young dog, similar age that he was going through transition with. And we'd kind of, we'd both get there, you know, 30 minutes before sunrise. I'd go to one spot. He'd go to, we'd work on our own individual drill and then kind of get together and then help us out each other out with a, with another drill that we needed help, you know, each helping each other out with. And then we'd go do something else that all the dogs could do, you know, buoy river, uh, you know, he had, uh, Rex and, and 
uh, Tom and another club member, you know, would bring major out and, and they're all, you know, master level type dogs. Yeah. And we'd do something for all the dogs then. And, uh, and then I'd hurry home, take a shower and log into my meeting. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I say that a lot of amazing dog work happened during COVID and I'm not by any means downplaying the severity that, that, that COVID brought to, to the world, but seriously a lot of great dog training happened during COVID because you know we were all locked down you know yeah at at the time i was you know training as a pro and um i wasn't really around people much anyway so you know i'm just loading the dogs up and we're in the field at daylight and we're going to work but i trained with more club members um that that year than any other time you know we have our club training days and 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 all that and, and it's and it's awesome but you know that's the year that Finn, you know, he trained all summer, mm-hmm. yeah, qualified for the Master National that spring, the following spring, I believe, yeah, and you know went up to Idaho, yep, you know, and uh, like just a lot of as, as as difficult as that time was for everybody, you know, again not downplaying it, but we just we had a we had a lot of success in the field with our dogs. And it was, it was fun. I hate to say it that way, but it was, we had a lot of a good time. <laughs> well, we made something good out of a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I was trying to say, but you, you know, you, you, you worded it a lot better than I could have. So. Well, and it's so cool to train with a lot of people that have different philosophies and different schools of thought. And so if you're having a problem with your dog and this guy gives you this advice and this guy gives you that advice and you take what you want, you yep. leave what you don't like and it gives you the ability to really find something custom that works for your individual dog. Whenever you train with a group like that. Yeah. And, and that's big, you know, being able to take advice and constructive criticism, you know, uh, a good, a, a really dear friend of mine, who's a club member, he's been a part of the club for a very long time. He told me, you know, there's only one thing that two dog trainers can agree on. And that's what the third dog trainer is doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I love that, you know, but you, you just, you can't, you can't be afraid to to hear it you know sometimes you hear things that you don't want to hear that you know you've got five people who are are like chris who are very experienced and have had a lot of success and they're watching you up on the line and they've got a panoramic front row view of what's going on and it's the closest thing to game film i'm a big sports guy i played sports in high school you know a lot watch a lot of highlight films watch a lot of game film that's how you get better and when i step up and say hey you know, this is the deal. This is where you're at. This is what's going on. And this is why that mark or this situation fell apart. The worst thing you can do is get offended by that. The best thing you can do is, is train on it. Another thing that that club member I spoke of a while ago, train what you see, you know, and if you don't see it and somebody else does, take it to heart and train on it. You know what I'm saying? We need to have him on for a podcast. Oh, we're going to have him on. I've, I was actually texting him earlier um, and he is a very, again, hundred percent amateur. He has, he's been in dog training for 50 ish years. That man has, has forgotten more about dog training than I'll ever know. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, and is very much a student of the game. Very much so. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to have him on in the coming weeks, but, uh, so yeah, but we keep getting off on getting <laughs> off uh, here, you know, but we, but we could, that's the thing about dog people or retriever people or. We could just go all night long. Yes, we could just go and go and go. But let's give, I I can't leave her out. Jetty, 
River, yeah. River's puppy. She's got normal ears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> was that was one of the things when I when I was looking for you know uh, a sire to breed to River. You know, I knew must have good ears. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had I I did have a list of requirements, you know, and it, it was is about. Um, you know, marking and bitability and prey drive and stuff like that. Um, and, and I knew ears in uh, at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the dog, if they had small ears or came from a line that has been known to throw small ears, <laughs> I did kind of exclude them pretty quickly. <laughs> but when I saw a picture of Coop, I was like, Oh my gosh, that dog would, I nickname it ears. If, if, because it just had huge ears. Yeah. I was yes. like, that's the one. That's it. And then I was looking at everything else. It's like, well, and he was recommended, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, when River, one of the, I guess, you know, River's weak sides is that when, and it's not really a a weakness, um, she plays it to her advantage, but when you're hunting in the upland field, if she hits scent, she slows down and gets very methodical. Mm. Um, Hunting open country where you know you know crp that that that's good you know because if you hit scent there's probably a bird pretty close by if you're hunting in like cattails and stuff there's scent everywhere it's like and those birds are running you need to be working a little bit faster in the apla you know upland series you know if you're not the first dog out there there's been four birds planted in that field for every dog that's running before you you know if you're the 20th dog to run that afternoon or 10th dog, 11th dog. There's 40, 50 birds that have already been sitting out there. Well, she'll hit that right away and like, okay, I smell birds, but it's not right here. I'm going to get real careful so I don't bump it as she works it out and finds her bird. Well, then a boom. Okay. It gets shot and lands over here. Well, she gets it, retrieves it. Then we go hunt again. Well, pretty quickly she hits old scent again and she starts getting methodical. So that kind of looked like one of her weaknesses was that she didn't have quote a, a lot of drive um, in the upland field. But I think the issue is really she just wanted to be real careful, and it's an expensive test and it's a long drive, and I want her to be careful, so it wasn't something I was going to train her out of. Well, and good for you for recognizing that 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 was her being methodical and yeah. not lazy or low drive. Yeah. Yep. So this dog Coop, they say he's like a Ferrari out in the field. And yeah, if I'm seeing it in Jetty, like, yep, it's a Ferrari on nitrous. <laughs> and yeah, we are traction limited here. Um, so so yeah, that's but yeah, he had big ears. Um, that was that was one thing I saw. And, and he checked all the other boxes too. Um he was a black dog that was yellow factored, you know, so I, I had some people that were interested in black puppies and I, I knew I wanted a yellow puppy and, uh, but I didn't really care so much about color other than that. And, you know, he had all Quick the health clearances. Though. What's that? Quick question. Okay. What is it about yellow? Is it easier to camouflage or is it just your personal preference? Personal preference. Um, Don't go there. Is kind of a big, big part of it. Um, the second part of it is 
I feel like in South Texas. I knew it was going to come up. <laughs> in South Texas, I, I think that a black dog is at a disadvantage. Get too hot. With but I have seen, you know, um, I've, I've seen small black dogs that had thin coats have a lot less issues in it than, you know, thick coated, you know, heavier dogs that mm-hmm. were yellow. Yeah. So, you know, personality or, or kind of their, um, like a dog that's, uh, that can't take a break is always kind of up moving, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. They'll kind of wear themselves out and get hot a lot sooner than a dog. That's like, all right, I'm chill. Let's, uh, I'm ready to go. Just let me know when I'll just sit there, you know, be, I'll idle until we're, uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Um, they can do well in the heat. So, so it's not just color, but, but I do think it is a factor. Yeah. Makes sense. So it sounds like Jetty is kind of the best of both worlds, right? I, that, that is a term that gets tossed around a lot. Um, (laughs) She's got, she's got a lot to prove yet, um, but she's got time. Uh, She's got time. She's not even a year old yet. And, and I've taken her hunting already and, and yeah, she's, she's, uh, her ambition gets ahead of her quite a bit. but I've also seen where she's picking up things and learning things really quickly um, that I'm really happy to see. Uh, so she'll, she'll get there. Awesome. I'm excited to see, see her or follow her progress. I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? Don't I, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. I like black labs to be more specific. I like fire breathing dragons, field trial line, black labs. And they, this is where we differ. And this is where Allie and I differ. And, and uh, so right now, uh, I'm in the market for a black male. Just, just saying. But uh, so right now, I've got a fox red, and her name is Chica. Being uh, raised in South Texas, I thought it was fitting. And she is an absolute ball of fire. I love this puppy, even though she's not black. I absolutely adore her. She's extremely smart, too smart for her own good. But damn, if she doesn't have river ears, <laughs> she, she, we, we were up in Oklahoma here a few weeks ago and we're just taking a nature walk. Southeast Oklahoma. You know, people think Oklahoma, they think of the rolling plains, you know, there's nothing up there. You know, it's just a flyover state. Why would you go to Oklahoma, go to Southeast Oklahoma to the big timber and it'll change your mind. And we're, we're about, I don't know, 100 miles south of the Winding Stair Mountain Range. And it is a gorgeous part of the state. So we're up there and we're walking through just big timber. And there's uh, there's hickory and oak leaf litter all over the ground, something that she'd never really been around. So she's got new sounds, new sights, new smells. Everything about it was just different to her. And she uh, she was fetching horse apples off the ground, Chris. She There's a lot of, there's a lot of bodark trees up there. And, and she she was picking up these dang horse apples it's and running like around. Yeah, she's like, this is the greatest thing ever. And she was running around with them. And it's a glow in the dark softball. Exactly right. So I stopped and you know, and it's like, all right, you know, but first, let's take a selfie. 
So I sit down and she runs up and she's sitting in my lap, flip the phone over, going to take a selfie. And what does she do? Pins her ears back, lays them out straight to the side. <laughs> and, and, and she can perk them. They're perfect triangles when she perks them, when she's alert. But when she's relaxed and hanging out, they're just, they're, she's got river ears. Yeah. And I'm just like, Chica, uh, fix your ears. Yeah. Bet, Chris, you said river, she gets methodical when she smells scent, right? Yeah. Yeah. She puts her brain into high gear and she is not reacting on instinct. She is working on thought. And that's the same thing with Chica. She's a thought processing dog. Yes. So side ears are, I'm neutral. I'm submissive to me, but I'm also alert. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead with, she's like the smartest dog ever. Well, so maybe, <laughs> you know, as much as I make fun of my own dog for her ears, I do think they communicate the thought process, you know, quite well. And totally. I think that's part of why we have been so successful. Um in running tests is I can tell by her ears. Ex sometimes it, 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 it clues me in on if she's in trouble or if she's about to be in trouble or if she's, she's in good shape, just let her roll. Um, that is so cool. Yeah. We, uh, so we ran test dog at master national this fall. Yeah. Back in October. I, yep. I remember in the second series, they, they said, okay, they had where the flyer landed in the second series. They basically were wanting to put it basically in an area that's about the size of a sheet of plywood, four foot by eight foot, you know, a truck bed. They wanted it to land in that spot every time, which is really, really tough to do. Right. Yeah. Right. They said, okay, if it goes too far, it's going to land behind this island in the water. And this island was basically like a big, big mound that, that was about 10 or 12 foot tall out of the water. Uh, more, of a, more of a mound than an island, but it was an island because there's water all the way around it. They said they would call that a no bird, but they weren't going to do that on the test dog because, you know, it's just a test dog. Well, sure enough, her flyer landed behind that they're like oh boy so i kick her off court and she swims straight to that island goes up over it when she comes over the back side of the island she kind of squares over you know she looks over at the flyer station and that pulls her over over to that and then there was a bunch of sun off on that hill and she was she was searching that but then she got back down in the water and then i saw her ears pin back and i saw her accelerate and i said she's got it <laughs> And we didn't see her for another, you know, 30 seconds, it seemed like, because she had to get it and then swim through all of the lily pads and stuff like that, then come over the backside of the island. And But, yeah, after about 30 seconds, you know, she came bouncing over the island or that mound with the bird in her mouth. And I was, I was like, yeah, it's I make fun of her ears, but I can see what's going on. The way she pinned them back, it's like she's got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reading your dog. Read your dog. Yep. And if, such if, a testament to your relationship that you have learned how to identify that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell, like, you know, if she, yeah, if she, if she kind of knows where she's going or if she's like, all right, I think I'm going out here. And I can tell she's not really sure. And so yeah. um, that tells me it's like, okay, I need to be ready to help her. 
or you know and then the other nice thing about it is she she's willing to accept help if she thinks she needs it yeah um now kind of what got us into an issue this fall i feel like was she's getting along pretty good you know getting pretty advanced and and we're getting you know we've been doing a lot of really technical you know blinds and and marks and stuff like that she's been stepping on all the marks really good and then we go to run a blind and it's like well she's got to you know i'll kick her off to get a good initial line and you know i won't have to blow a whistle for for quite a while you know as she's swimming along the shoreline it's like wait a minute i know exactly where i'm going yeah and then at some point <laughs> she'll be like i don't need i don't need your help anymore i know where it is and she'll blow off whistles and stuff like that so we're going to work through that but but yeah it's uh most of the time she's really good about letting me help her if she needs help and i i can tell sometimes with those little ears <laughs> whether she needs help or not that's so cool yep and that 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 is 100% just he's reading his dog y'all that's what he's doing there's a relationship there and he knows what to look for he knows what he's looking at when he sees it he's reading his dog well, and don't we all wish for a dog that could just use their ears to tell you if they know where they're going or if they need help? Yeah, but can't they not look like that? <laughs> <laughs> can't they just can't they just be triangles like they're supposed to be? <laughs> so, so the kind of interesting thing about her ears is say her sire and her grandsire were were known for throwing dogs with those little ears yeah and i've been told that somebody you know did the um did the research and they found that her her sire has has sired more has sired the most uh grandmaster pointing retrievers in the apla um database her sires has got the most grandmaster pointing retriever progenier children her grandsire has the second most. So now not all of their puppies had little little ears, but enough did that when they see her, it's like, is she out of hot tubs? Like, yeah. Bikina, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chica's from a line of dogs with little ears. Yeah, yeah. And there was a whole lot of grand hunting retriever champions in that line. I'm just saying we I'm I'm not denying her talent. I'm simply partially rejecting her little ears. That's all. That's <laughs> nice. All. <laughs> She's my dog. I love her. I love her to death. I, I would I would go to the ends of the earth for Chica. But I don't have to like her ears. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and you'll get you'll get you'll get through it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the support, buddy. Yeah. I really do. But man, we're we're about out of time. Um so we talked about telling stories and, and, and I mean, that's really what this whole episode has been. Honestly, there's been a lot of good stories with some, uh, some tips and tricks along the way, but I had mentioned the big spoon. You have to tell that. And story. I feel like I have to tell the story of the big spoon and how hydro. Now what y'all have to remember is hydro. What do you think he weighed, Chris? He, okay. So he may have looked like he weighed a lot more than 72 pounds. But he weighed between 
72 and 75 pounds. This yeah, whole I, adult I, life. I'd have never guessed that. I was getting him 85 to 90. Hydro was a large, muscular dog. Oh. He was he was a big boy, and he was a handsome devil. But <laughs> so we had an HRC test. The, the Alamo Retriever Club's our HRC test is in uh, Kyle, Texas, and I think seems like Chris had called me up to marshal uh, a season steak or something. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't yep. even I didn't even take a dog with me. I just went up to Marshall and help and, and and just be there. So I get there. We go through the day. Had a great day. Um, that evening, Chris was like, well, you're going to stick around. You're going to go home. I said, well, I don't have a place to stay. He said, well, just, I've got my room. It's a double bed. So come in and, uh, and stay with me in hydro and buoy. Like, cool. So we, get, we get to the motel that evening, you know, we're settling in and, you know, been a long day. So I drift off to sleep and about what I'm guessing about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, you know how, even when you're asleep, you, you it's like something's watching you. And I opened my eyes to this large yellow face and this hot breath in my, in my face. It is hydro. And he's just looking at me like, what up? And I was like, well, here. So he jumped up in the bed with me. Now I didn't realize it, but Bowie had already jumped up and he was curled up at my feet and hydro <laughs> hydro gets up there and I kind of drift off back to sleep and I feel him jump back down. About an hour later, I get that sensation. Something's watching me. I open my eyes. There's Hydro. Here, he jumps up. And this happened all night. And I'm telling Chris about it the next morning. He's like, well, you know what that is. It's like, what? He goes, he made you the little spoon. <laughs> and, and that became the running joke with Hydro. And, and from that day on, I couldn't look at that dog the same. Every time I, every time I, would, <laughs> every time I would look at him, he would, it was, I felt like, it was like deliverance, guys. If y'all ever seen that movie, it's like, hey boy. And I was like, oh, Hydro, <laughs> leave me alone, mister. Yeah. You know, I was gonna say he didn't look at you the same after that exactly, either. Exactly, exactly. It, it he stalked me in my sleep and and it was it was terrifying. <laughs> and 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 Bowie, being the sweetheart that he was, he just laid down there in a ball. Yes, yeah. and and I feel like at some point he was like, I've been there, bro. Just hang in there, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna get through it, you'll be all right. But yeah, hydro. Man, that dog was just Mr. Independent. Mr. That's Mr. Hydrodynamico to you, sir. Yeah, and, uh, he he was probably the most manipulative dog <laughs> I've ever heard of or known. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like when when he was younger, um, you know, I, I'd go meet some people in the club to train with us and you know, maybe somebody had a a bird, uh, a, a dead, you know, a, a dead duck that was, you know, frozen, reusing her for training. It was in a bucket, but they weren't wanting to throw those right then. They were just wanting to throw bumpers. He would flat no go a mark if they just threw a bumper. If he knew that there was a bird somewhere on the property that could be used, <laughs> he would no go until you threw that bird pool. Yeah. What about uh, Bowie? Do you have a something that stands out in your mind? You know, maybe a 
maybe a trip or a hunt or a hunt test, something that really, I mean, everything that you guys accomplished, I mean, is there anything <laughs> that really, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and this is like, so, I mean, part of it is absolutely characteristic of him. And then the end of it is not. So, so yeah. Uh, I joined this, this, uh, hunting lease down in Victoria and it's, you know, a rice farm and, and it's teal season. And it was the first, I don't think I hunted with them Saturday because I had another, I've got another place I can hunt. So I hunted it on Saturday and then I went down there to hunt the Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, in the morning, everybody's kind of getting ready and, and they had a really slow Saturday morning. And so it's like, well, um, we're, they're asking if I want to take a dog. It's like, yeah, I'm, I can take a dog. Yeah. And, and then like, well, should we bring another dog? I was like, no, no, I think Bowie can handle it. This is eight man group. There's eight, eight of us hunting in these uh, little pit blinds. I said, no, Bowie, Bowie can handle it. You know, I was also thinking, it's like, well, yeah, especially if yesterday was kind of slow. It's like, yeah, Bowie will handle it. And I also didn't want to hunt him with other dogs that I didn't know and how steady they were and stuff like that. So I was like, no, Bowie, Bowie can handle it. Yeah. We get out there and, yeah, we had our eight-man limit in 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, it, it was fast. He was bringing them back two, at least two at a time. Sometimes I almost want to say he brought back three at one time, but I know multiple times he brought back two at a time. Yeah. And it was just like basically just line them, you know, I could line them up in a direction and say, you know, back and just he'd take a straight line until he smelled the duck, then, you know, pick it up and bring it in. And uh, yeah, he really did good. I mean, just I was like, yeah, that was, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, you know, set myself up when I said, Oh, Bowie can handle it. And he, he sure did. Yeah. Well, sure. we get back to camp, you know, take pictures and he's, he's pretty worn out and tired. And there's a guy, we, we had birds cleaned and, and I went through, you know, I cleaned birds. And I threw like a, a Ziploc bag of the birds in, in coolers and stuff like that. And one of the guys was like, uh, he's, I remember he was wearing a pair of sweatpants and he's like, where are the, the birds at that y'all clean? I said, oh, they're in that cooler, which was in, it was on the back of a four-wheeler, which was in the back of the truck. So he had to reach up there real high to get to it. And while he's doing that, he's bragging. It's like, boy, your dog Bowie really did good. And I looked down at Bowie's peeing on the back of his leg on his sweatpants, <laughs> which is completely not characteristic of Bowie. He would not do that. But he was. I didn't want to call attention to Bowie doing that. It's like, Bowie, stop that and have him look down. So I just said, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I don't know if that guy ever knew. <laughs> he <laughs> might now if you listen to this. That's, that's, not, that's not where I thought that was going to go, but I love it. That is, that is very uncharacteristic. Well, I mean, if you're walking around in your sweatpants and you don't notice that there's, you know, the back of your leg is wet wet he might have had a few too much hirsch a few beers a few whiskeys yeah it's know. a lot of hirsch well, and the only thing the only reason why i think he would do that is because that guy also had a couple dogs that didn't hunt that morning um that they're not steady and i think one of those dogs would bark at everybody that would walk by i think Bowie is tired of that so his dogs were bitches is what you're saying yeah but Thank they were male or the one was male yeah <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> I, but that was not, Bowie would not do that. I mean, I just, I was, 
that was that was completely uncharacteristic of him. <laughs> I mean, he yeah, he was just the sweetest sweetest boy. Um, he, he was. Got, he got sick uh, on one of the trips. Uh, you know, two summers ago, there was three APLA tests um, in. There's one, uh, well, one in South Dakota, then one weekend, then the next weekend was in Minnesota, and then the weekend after was in Minnesota. And uh, I was working from home. You know, we were all working remotely at the time, so I could go up there, you know, get an Airbnb during the middle of the week and work, and and I could hit all three of those tests and and uh, come back. So River needed needed them to get her four time, and we really just needed two more passes to get his four time. Well, on the way up, he had something on his elbow just start swelling up. And I think later, because they couldn't find anything, it ended up abscessing. They still couldn't find anything. They d- did a culture. They couldn't, it didn't grow anything. We think it was a scorpion bite. He was really allergic to scorpions. He was allergic to everything. But okay. we think it was a scorpion bite. It swelled up. Um, he spent four days at the Mizzou veterinary clinic or veterinary hospital um there at the university and all four days that he was there he got an award for being like the clinician you know the student clinic uh workers their favorite dog <laughs> all, every day he was there he got it every day so and and that was buoy he was, he was yeah yeah they yeah he's just such a sweet sweet boy yeah yep, absolutely well, man, I, I really, we could go on and on all night, but we're, we're pretty much out of time, buddy. It's been so fun. Yeah. This is, this has been a good time. I really appreciate you being on with us, Chris. I, Guys, go ahead, buddy. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much for having me. Ah, no problem at all, man. We're going to have to do it again, though. There's so much more we can cover. I mean, yeah. it's just, there's this yeah. <laughs> retriever training. It's a, is a bottomless pit. <laughs> you can go and go and about the time you think you've got it all figured out, something, something new comes up, something evolves and, and, and you've got to grow with it. And, uh, but yeah, man, this has been an absolute blast. I appreciate you being on guys. If you've enjoyed this, enjoyed this podcast, please hit that follow button. You can find us on Spotify. Um, also check us out on Instagram at Alamo Retriever Club. You can also find us on Facebook if you just search Alamo Retriever Club, or you can go check out our website at alamoretrieverclub.org. We really appreciate y'all uh, joining us for episode one. Tune in next week for another episode. And thank y'all so much for supporting us. And uh, check out the Alamo Retriever Club. We hope to see you at a hunt test or an event soon. Chris, buddy, I can't thank you enough for being on with us this evening, man. Thank you very much. All right, y'all have a good one. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.